You're listening to Something Real, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. On today's episode, we are talking about this past Sunday's sermon, Give an Account. I know we teased it last week, so if you listened to that, uh, hopefully this discussion helps to answer any questions you might have. So without further ado, here we go. Good morning. Good morning. Put your timer somewhere where you can see <laughs> We are the home of professional podcasting. We are. It just gets better every week. Um, so we are, and Kim, I don't know who Kim is. Um, we are in Luke still. Big surprise. We are indeed. No, uh, no spoilers here. And this past week was, I, I mean, I can't be the only one, so, but I'm just going to throw this out there. It was a little confusing <laughs> based on some of the, uh, the chapters you've read earlier in Luke and just based on some of the parables Jesus has said previous to this. Sure. I feel like it then kind of takes a turn um, to what he was talking about just in 15. Um, and now we're talking about money and business practices and things like that. Yeah. And I was definitely more unfamiliar with this particular passage than those uh previous so uh why don't we wait till next week well i don't know (laughs) so why don't we get into it uh just a quick summary of what we talked about and then we'll dive into a discussion yeah so in in luke chapter 16 um we're moving out of familiar to unfamiliar we went from the parables that everybody knows and the lost sheep the lost coin lost son or the prodigal son as we talk about it um into Jesus now talking to his disciples about a dishonest manager who is commended for his shrewdness when he basically cheats his boss to try to provide for his own future. And he's actually praised for his shrewdness by his boss, so it seems particularly um, strange. And and it can be hard to wrestle with things. That would be like unethical today. (laughs) Well, and it would be unethical then too. (laughs) But the... And it doesn't say he got his job back after he true, got fired, true. but it does say that the his the owner, the master, um, commended him for his shrewdness. Mm-hmm. Now, I again, it's a you know it appears to be a fictional story. It appears to be a parable. Right. It has all the earmarks of a parable, even though it's a little unusual that neither Luke nor Jesus tell us it's a parable. So it could be on, based on actual events. But he knew a guy. In either case, it's it's kind of interesting to me that. It, you know, to think about what might this commendation have sounded like. Sure. Did he say, hey, you know, if you were this proactive when you were my manager, you might still be my manager. You know, true. Yeah. You know, if you had done those things on my behalf in the first place, you'd still have a job. But now you're looking out for yourself. Right. And so what Jesus is commending to us in this parable to his disciples, again, he's not speaking to the Pharisees or, or speaking to the crowd, although they're around. And Jesus does almost all of his teaching, uh, even to the inner circle. Almost all of the stuff that we see him tell his disciples, there are others who are hearing it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's... You know, there are no secrets. There's no, you know, fine print right. that, that we're dealing with. And, and we saw that um, previously when Jesus was talking about counting the cost, giving up everything. Well, he says that to everybody. He says that to the crowd. He says that to his disciples. He says that to the religious leaders. Here's how it's going to be. If you're going to be in, here's the cost. In, right? And you need to know this up front <clears throat> so he doesn't hide things. Well, the same thing happens here as he's telling this this story uh, to teach this point to his uh, to his disciples, 
everybody else is involved. And we know that because the Pharisees are like, come on. You, you know, they're sneering at him. Literally, in the Hebrew, they're turning up their nose at him. So um, he then kind of turns and addresses them and says, you know, you're missing the point. You're the ones who justify yourselves to others, but you miss out on what God actually values. So putting, uh, <clears throat> putting these things together, long story short, the core reality of what Jesus is trying to get across here is that God gives earthly resources as tools to build his kingdom. So he's telling, Jesus is telling um, his disciples, look, the world, yes, dishonest, shady, sinful, without mm -hmm. question, but the world actually uses skill and wisdom and strategic planning and, and purposefulness, strategery. strategery, intentionality to accomplish something going forward. We can't, as Christ followers, be passive, be less wise, be less shrewd than the world. That's true, yeah. But as he says elsewhere, our job is to be as shrewd as snakes, as wise as serpents, and as innocent as doves. So we need to be as sharp as the world, and yet with a different heart, with a different mm -hmm. approach, so that we're not looking out for number one. We're not mm -hmm. trying to uh, to get ahead and, and you know pad our resume and gain friends for ourselves just so that we can be popular in the world's eyes. Um, I think your your mother referred to the the term fair weather friends when when she was talking to me. Hundred percent, we do she that, just right? On. Hi, Debbie. <laughs> um, we have this. Um, we have this thing that we do as people where we actually do this kind of thing. We use what we have to get ahead, to try to make ourselves popular. So if we have skills, you know, we want people to see our skills. Right. If we have, um, if we have, you know, even if we're talking about our children, you know, we, we like people to recognize our children and they're an extension of us. Mm -hmm. We like to, to gain popularity through our resources. And Jesus is saying, do that, but don't do it passively. Don't do it thoughtlessly. Don't pursue things as the world does. That's a constant theme for Jesus, not to do things as the world does. Mm -hmm. Paul hammers that throughout his letters. Don't do things like the world. Don't think like the world. Think in terms of greater reality. Think in godly wisdom, but don't be less than the world. Don't think less um, proactively, less purposefully. you got to be on top of the world. <laughs> yeah, on top of the world. Uh, we don't even have an elephant with us for today. For all you so. flatterers. <clears throat> so, but, but we do, I mean, seriously, we do need to be intentional in our approach to things. So the, the purpose of the resources that we have, the wealth and assets that are used in the parable, are representative of all of the resources that we have. We need to be using them to gain relationships. Mm -hmm. Today we might call it networking. And, and it, it's translated friends here, but we might think of friends differently. We have different layers, acquaintances and friends. Monica, and, Chandler, Joey. Nice, yeah. well played. <laughs> uh, and, and we have all of these different layers of relationship, right. but we're really talking about relationships in a nutshell. So amass to yourselves a network of friends, partners, people who uh, think well of you, Mm -hmm. Not so that you receive glory, but so that God receives glory. And therefore, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. That doesn't have to do with your salvation. That we know clearly is because of what Christ did for us on the cross. That when he died in our place and rose from the grave, he purchased our freedom. Mm -hmm. He paid for the gift. We just have to unwrap it. But in doing so, we also 
recognize, as he says here and as we see elsewhere, that there are eternal rewards that go along with this. So if we use our worldly wealth to win the watching world through our winsome wisdom, then... We're having a wowie. (laughs) (laughs) We're having a great time with alliteration today. Uh, Then then those people who are one, who are attracted to us and therefore see God, who are able to have these relationships that lead them to God, then in that, in that winning, we have brought them into the kingdom. So they are there to welcome us into these eternal dwellings and we can welcome them as well. It's a great benefit, a great joy just as we just saw in the previous chapter, there's rejoicing in heaven when right. sinners turn to repentance. Same thing here, that welcoming into eternal dwellings is a picture of that rejoicing in heaven. We're rejoicing with them when we get into this, uh, this great beyond, so to speak. But I'm wondering, and maybe I'm just misinterpreting this, which is very likely, um, I, I get the general concept, but if you're if you're doing so, if you're trying to gain friends or, or network, so to speak, and you're doing it, I guess, in kind of a shady way, is that is that the picture then you're painting for these people of Christianity or what Jesus looks like? Or I mean, I I get the concept of trying to you know gain sure. friendships and 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 to to share the word, but is that I guess the way of doing it is kind of throwing me. Yeah, and that's a really good really good point to bring up because I'm sure that there are people who are confused about that. Jesus isn't commending dishonesty. He's not in any way saying shady business practices are the way to do this. Right. What he's saying instead is, see this contrast? Even these ungodly people, and he does this even talking about God answering prayers when he compares God to the, the, um, to the unjust or unrighteous king who even this unrighteous king gives... Uh, gives to the people that petition him uh, persistently or the mm-hmm. unrighteous neighbor uh, when you go to them, hey, I've got visitors coming and I need some bread, can I borrow some bread? No, I can't give you anything. I'm already in bed. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And you keep banging on the door. Even they will give to you. If those folks will do what is right eventually through wrong motives, how much more will your father okay. do what is right because he is good, because he doesn't ever have impure motives? So it's that same kind of a contrast here when he's saying, look, here's how the world operates. If the world can think proactively, if they can be strategic, even though they're shady and dishonest and totally self-serving, how much more should the people of God, who are not acting in their own self-interest but in the interest of the kingdom, how much more so should we be intentional, purposeful, strategic, wise, skilled, excellent in what we do, thinking forwardly, not just to tomorrow, not just to 20 years from now. Yes, all of that, but for specifically eternal purposes to get beyond that. If I win a friend for this life, great, I've won a friend for this life, and then we die. And they go to hell, and I go to heaven. I'm ain't, not much ain't of a your friend. friend anymore. That's, yeah, that's right. not great. But if I win a friend specifically for the purpose of bringing them to Christ, not because I've tricked them into it, and, and I think that's where we can easily get confused right. here. And Jesus is not saying that in any way. He's saying, see this contrast. Here's the world, and there's something we can learn even from shadiness in the world. Here are, here's the people of God, the people of light. Never shady, not doing those things, not doing dirty business, 
But let's at least be as purposeful, intentional, mm-hmm. and strategic as those who are shady, who are trying to do these things for their own self-interest, uh, to promote their careers, whatever it else, whatever else it is. Let's then take the 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 skill and the wisdom of that thinking, but let's do that under the under the authority of God, with the character of God, everything above board, never you know, never dirty practices. Mm-hmm. But the point that he's making here is even this manager who's cheated his boss, who was already fired by his boss right. for not being good at it, when he stopped being lazy and, and squandering and started being strategic, even the boss who fired him commends him for that. Mm-hmm. We can see that in the world around us all the time. People who don't necessarily do things right, they're not doing good, but they are doing well. Right. <laughs> they're, they're, they're having success even if the practices, you know, the world accepts, you know, fudging your taxes and finding loopholes is pretty normal. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's even praiseworthy to a lot of people. It's still dishonest. Right. We as the people of God need to never be dishonest, but we need to always be maximizing opportunity. And that, that maximizing opportunity is exactly what he's talking about here. Take the resources that God puts in your life, whether that's wealth whether that's education, you know, we, we sit here, uh, the, the two of us, as pretty privileged people, really. I mean, we were born right. in the U.S., we, you know, we're uh, in middle-class America, we live in Michigan, so that's automatically better than other places. It's not raining today. Not to alienate 49 other states, but you're all inferior to Michigan, so just, True story. just kidding. Um, we, you know, we had the opportunity to, to go to a great high school, happens to be the same high school, I had the opportunity to go to college. Um, you, were, you went a few years ahead of me. Uh, one or two, yeah. Actually, we were there at the same time. Oh, that's very true. You're right. You're right. My bad. Uh, I wasn't a student at the time, um, but we were there at the same time. You said time. it, not me. But anyhow, uh, it's for those who are wondering, I'm 172 years old. As we are um, going forward with all of these things, you and I have privileges that other people don't have. Right. We need to use every single one of those things to build the kingdom. Resources. To, absolutely. I all just spent the word resources. Yeah, all, all of it is a resource. Right, right. So when God gave me... A family with two parents who were married for their entire lives until my father passed. That is a resource. Mm-hmm. And I don't think of it as a resource very sure. often. But that is something that, that gives me opportunities other people don't have. Mm-hmm. I need to use those opportunities to build my family, to build my life in a way that through doing that well builds the kingdom. Mm. If I um, do things for myself. I make choices for myself that that's taking me away from the kingdom. If I'm making choices that, <clears throat> excuse me, that build the kingdom, they will inherently benefit me because I'm part of that kingdom. But if I'm choosing for my own self-interest, then I'm working opposite of the kingdom. Okay. We don't ever want to be at, at opposite purposes for God. And uh, Sunday, I think I, I mentioned that when we when we go to work, we go to our job, and we're provided uh, resources to do that job, we recognize those don't belong to us. They mm-hmm. belong to our employer. Mm-hmm. And if I get confused by that and I start to think that the things that my employer provides are actually mine to do with as I wish as I wish for my own personal use, that's called embezzlement. And we end up fired and in jail. Frowned and upon. It is frowned upon in polite society. But we do that same thing with God. He provides us resources and a job to do. We forget that we have a job to do and think those resources belong to us. We think it's my house, it's my family, it's my, you know, uh, my church, my opportunity, my job, my education. But it's really not. It's God's 
right. to be used for his purposes. And I think that's easy to, to uh, <laughs> you were talking about your family a minute ago. It's, it's easy. I was actually having a conversation with my mother about this last night. Even your family and your children, you say, my child, mm, my. Absolutely. But that is, too, because I have a child, because you have children, those are opportunities for us to connect with others in ways that I couldn't if I didn't have a child. Absolutely. And right. through my child, I can connect with others. And as he grows, I can, you know, things like that. So right. our family isn't <clears throat> even ours. No. They belong to him. <laughs> right. And and my job then is to, within my family, my primary job as a parent is to show my children God. Right. To lead them to him. They have to make their own choices, but I want to lead them to him and show them a picture of him that is accurate, that is real, that gives them a reason to want to choose him. That's my job as a parent. Bigger than anything else, more than providing an education or food or clothing or safety or security, or any of those things, my job is to teach them who God is and how they can have a relationship with him and why they would want to, why they should, why that's necessary. So that's a big thing. Then beyond that, my children are also, they're left in my care, so I'm stewarding them, but they're also resources, like you said, to, to network with others, to have relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have been in, shoot, in the last 30 years, the majority of my relationships have probably come, I'd have to add them up, and I don't do math. So uh, the the majority of my relationships, I would say, probably have come through my children and the, right. the connections that they I think have. that's Sports, pretty normal. school, yeah. church, things like that. Well, all of those relationships are for the purpose of building God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's why we are here. We exist to be with Him, to glorify Him in a relationship that is intimate, that is perfect and unseparated, that uh, shines a spotlight on who He is. If I use my resources, including my family, including my relationships, for any other purpose, then I'm essentially embezzling from God. That's not a place, not a place we want to be. We had a question on the live stream. Outstanding. Uh, Sue asks, <laughs> could it be said then that we love uh, people in general enough to form a relationship with them with the hope that they come to know Jesus through us? I think that would be a very appropriate and accurate thing to say. If we love people... We can't love people without desiring for them the best, right? Mm -hmm. That's the nature of love is we want the best for you. Not necessarily what you want, but what you need. So if I know, not not a religious belief, we all believe what we want to believe, Mm -hmm. but if if I know, if I am certain in my convictions that God is ultimate reality, then... If I love somebody, I want to be able to connect them with that reality. I want them to get on board with things that are good and right and true. I want what's best for them. And what's best for every human being is to fulfill their purpose by being in an intimate relationship with God, which is only available through Jesus Christ. Right. Therefore, when I love people in general, whether I'm talking about you know a macro or a micro situation, we're talking about loving societies, we're talking about people groups. We're talking about individual people. I think love really happens at that individual level. When I love people, no matter who they are, my ultimate goal for them should be to bring them to God, to present them to God in the best way that I can. Well, it's like you are talking earlier about the two friends. You make a friend here, and then you die. And if you don't do your job with that friend, and they go to hell... What what kind of how did you really love that person? I mean, I don't mean to be like I don't mean to be you know know, it's a harsh thing to say, 
but I think it needs to be said harshly. I think I'm we, not a harsh person. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like confrontation. People out there think that then they don't get to see you pick on me and brutally abuse That's me true. when we're not. So anyway, what, when we're dealing with this, I think we need to take a hard look at ourselves. Am I actually doing that in my relationship? Yeah, when I say that, I'm talking about me. Right, I'm talking about myself when I say that. I'm because I have. I have tons of friends. I have t- I have relationships and friendships where I know that I haven't done that the sure. best way. And, and I think in this age of social media, where we use the mm-hmm. term friend loosely, we're talking about Facebook Very or whatever loosely. else. You know, we throw that out there. But how many of us are are actively, strategically developing relationships for the purpose of building the kingdom, for winning the loss to Christ, for building up the church? This is what we need to constantly be engaged in this work. That's the employment we've been given. So if I'm on social media... And we're probably less connected than ever because of that. I think so. Well, probably it's wider and not as deep. So we have a a broader uh, group of people we connect with and much shallower roots Mm -hmm. as, as we're connecting. We need to undo that. And, right. I, and I'm not saying get off social media. I'm saying whatever you're doing, social media is a resource. That's the wealth Jesus is talking about. So you can, where it says wealth there, when he says use wealth to gain friends for yourselves, you can substitute in, use wealth, use social media, use, use this, your use job, right. use your education, mm-hmm. use your children, use your your family. and and Use what you got. And it's easy for us to look at that from a worldly perspective and think, well, that's that's not right. You can't, shouldn't use your children like that. They're they're not tools. They're people. Right. They're people and tools. That everything we have in this planet, everything that's been created, is a resource, a tool that God gives for His glory. They're not tools for you to do what you want with them to like you know exploitation exactly and things right. like that. You and that's that the mindset well. we get in. Yeah, I think you said that very well. And thank you for clarifying what I was saying. We do it whether we whether we acknowledge it or not. Right. Parents use their children all the time. Right. We always do this. We don't always acknowledge it or recognize it. So let's consciously, actively use them for the purpose for which they were given. Right. First, commit to them your primary responsibility. Bring them to Christ. Mm-hmm. Period. That's my job. If I do everything else right and miss that, I've failed. There's no way around it. But my children also are a gateway to be able to lead others to Christ. Mm-hmm. How much better, rather than if I have, you know, I have one, one daughter living at home right now, and if I bring her to Christ, wonderful. How much better to bring her and all of her friends and their parents right. and their teachers and everybody else that we can connect, bring all of them to Christ. That's not just better. That's not better for me. What do I gain from it? Well, I gain actually being welcomed into eternal dwellings. I gain the rewards in heaven. But bigger than that, because all those rewards I get, I'm going to throw at Jesus' feet anyway (laughs) in worship of him. But the reality of it is all of these people benefit. My child benefits from that, Mm -hmm. from being put in the right place. If I make those resources into an idol, if I begin to value my children ahead of God's agenda, then I create them I, I create this this enmity between them and God, whether they ever know it or not. Right. In me, there's a tension. I've got God. I've got my kid. That's hard. And, and you know that really well. We, we all are, are dealing with that. The same thing can be said of my pride, my reputation, my education, my job, my wealth, my comfort, my home, my schedule. I mean, we could keep going all day long with this. 
Uh, eventually, I'll run out because I don't think that far. But it's important to know that this isn't just a money issue. It's not. It's a whole life issue. Right. It's a resource issue. And and while Jesus is specifically using the picture, the illustration of money here, just like with all of the parables, he uses a specific picture to make a a grand point. It's a very specific point, but it's a grand point. Mm-hmm. And what he's saying here, ultimately, if we put it all in one package, is that God gives us earthly resources for the specific person, purpose of using them as tools to build his kingdom. Going back to my my previous question, kind of at the start of this podcast, I guess what my, what my mindset is in that, or what I'm thinking of, is these... Uh, you know, the, the mega church or whatever that, that draws in people mm. from all walks of life, people who have never come to Christ, maybe people who have never even, you know, picked up a Bible, whatever. And they draw them in. And I'm not saying they're all bad because there are some of them that are wonderful. But they draw them in with, you know, good music, fancy whatever, coffee bars, mm. uh, things like that. And then you hear later some shady stuff happened at this church or with this pastor or blah, blah, blah. And then I think that's where Christians get the, their bad reputation sometimes, or this is, this is supposed to be what being a Christian is like. And, and that's kind of what I felt like with this uh, story or parable is, are we, is this portraying the wrong message of Christ just to get people in the door? Well, and I don't know if I've, seen this, but I am I'm pretty sure that there are people who have used this parable, used this instruction to um, as a foundation for their, their seeker-driven kind of churches. Mm. And, and, you know, it's funny, as you say that, I'm listening to you list off these things. Those are things that we do here at sure. Real Life uh, to whatever extent. Um, not, it, you know, we don't do that kind of stuff as well as, you know, whatever, it's a big church that's out there. <clears throat> um and we're never going to do those things as well as the world. The world roots right, itself right. in entertainment. Right. So if we're trying to create entertainment in the church, we are never going to do that as well as the world is. So then we just become a cheap copy, an imitation. That's not really what Jesus is saying here. Yeah, go ahead. I think we lost our live stream there. but <laughs> We'll get back. Uh, as, we are, um, as we're going through this, what he's telling us is to do the best that we can with what we have, to be able to build the kingdom. If we're trying to lure people, if we're trying to trick people, then we're not doing those things. And where you see those churches very often perhaps start with a, um, start with a good intention and then get off track or, or where you fall into scandal is where we have failed to see these things as tools to do God's work. Right. And we begin to see them as ours. Uh, or at other times where we just use flawed concepts. We think we can convert people by having an attractive church. And, and you know, we've talked even on this podcast about the fact that we're in a new building here at Real Life. And so we're, we're sitting in what is a new building to us right now. Mm-hmm. And we've tried to make it as attractive as we can. We've, you know, we have the coffee bar. We try to do good music and, I do uh, like and all the those things. Um, but, but this building is a box to keep our stuff in this right this all of these things are tools to remove obstacles to faith right. so that the only obstacle to faith is the conflict between uh reality and fantasy between truth and 
and untruth between holiness and sinfulness. So the reality of the gospel is itself offensive. It's an obstacle uh, in itself. That's why Jesus talks in parables, so that mm -hmm. those who are given to hearing it will hear it, and those who are not will not. But um, if we try to if we try to use earthly, worldly, human methods to do divine spiritual things, there's always a limit when it's done at its best. Okay. But because you can't do eternal things with earthly measures, strictly speaking. So we want to use that wealth to gain friends for ourselves so that we can be welcomed into eternal dwellings. But the wealth in itself can't gain us friends purely. That's when right. we have the Fairweather friends. Right. It can't, it really can't have an eternal impact. So if we're the most popular people in the world, and we're, you know, we're wealthy and everybody respects us and we have a good reputation. And yet we're disconnected from the vine to jump all the way to John 15. If we're disconnected from Christ, then all of that is wasted. Then it looks spiritual, perhaps, but it isn't because we can't do anything apart from him. So as long as we're using these things and they are subordinate, they are sub, they're subject to the rule of God. They're tools in the toolbox, and that's it. Mm -hmm. We don't value them beyond that. It doesn't matter if we have a church of, of 100 or 1,000 or 10,000. That's not relevant. What matters is are we being faithful within this? And to balance this, Jesus tells a parable elsewhere of the faithful um, stewards the, as uh, the master goes off on a trip, ha uh, gives the 10 talents, 5 talents, 2 talents to the workers, and they each do something different with it. But the, the issue isn't the amount. I think it's significant that Jesus gives those three different amounts sure, yeah. so that we can see it doesn't matter how much you have, how, how much wealth, what your resources are. What matters is how faithful are you with them to him? Not, how, not just are you wise, because some are, are naturally sharper than others. That, that's intelligence is a resource, skill is a resource. Some people just have it and some people don't. But did you do the best with what you have to be able to honor him? So when the guy with the 10 talents gets 10 more, that's huge profit. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. The guy with five gets five more. He didn't do as well as the other. Although he really did. He doubled, his he, 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 doubled. <laughs> he did what he was supposed to do right. with what he was given. But the dude that had something and thought, well, you know, I don't want to lose this, didn't do anything with it because he was just, you know, just going to sit tight with it. And if I gain more, master's just going to take it anyway. Mm -hmm. Losing perspective. It was never yours to begin with. Mm -hmm. It was always the master's. That's why he's portrayed as an evil servant. When we have resources given by God and all we do is sit on them and protect them, don't lose them. I'm, I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to keep my stuff then I inherently I'm going to stop thinking of it as his stuff used for his purposes. I start thinking of it as my stuff and it makes it an idol. Right. And we started uh, talking about uh, idolizing things on Sunday. And that's, again, uh, a, I think a very worldly perspective, but it's also, I mean, I hate to use the word normal, but it's kind of a normal perspective yeah. in many ways. We, we want normal in the sense that it's common not right. normal yes, in the sense that's, that it's good that's a better word yeah. yes common it, it's that's the usual normal state for us we do that stuff mm -hmm. it's a common problem so i think uh we're running out of time here but but what i think that is it's very important to make clear in this uh this chapter in this uh parable i'll call it a parable because you did um <laughs> 
it can it can appear offhand or just reading it through at, at first that this is contradictory to what Jesus has said before or what you th- you'd think he'd say. So getting but it really is right. So getting it right and and really diving into this, I think, is what we need to walk away from. This is not in any way contradictory to what he's been teaching already. But it may be contradictory to what we have learned. Right. That's a really important distinction for us to recognize the difference between what Jesus actually says, what he actually teaches, what the whole counsel of God teaches us, and what we may have learned in our background, in our framework, right. which may not line up with the scriptures. The, the the word of God is the authority, not my opinion or your opinion or my my previous pastor's opinion or my parents or, or whatever. You're still with the alliteration. Yeah, it just happens sometimes. It's, <laughs> It's a, just a gift. Anyhow, as we're looking at all this stuff, what God's Word says is the authority. I think that's a good way to end it this week. I'm sorry the live stream got interrupted there for a second. Hopefully we got everybody back on. But thank you guys for tuning in and listening. We'll see you next time.